Welcome to Gav Session. My name is Gavin Foster, and I am a K-8 music teacher from Ontario, Canada. I love music, I love technology, I love my job, and I love sharing my successes and my learning. Check it out, and thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Gav Session. That's right. My name is Gavin Foster, and I'm really, really excited to be here today. So, um, first of all, a piece of bad news. The bad news is um, I tried everything within my power, and I tried and tried and tried, and I just couldn't succeed. So, I had to be away from school again this week. So, again, I missed um, my two classes that I've been podcasting about cause I could not be here. My own kids had to go to a doctor's appointment and unfortunately it required both parents to be there. So I had to miss, uh, the classes again. So when I get to section three, talking about what happened to this week, uh, I'm going to tell you, um, what I left them and I'm going to do some checking right now into my notes and see what got done while I was away. Um, but I have something else to talk about today, and I'm going to talk about it in section one, because I had some really interesting things happen to me this week uh, from a musical standpoint. So just kind of stand by and we'll hit section one. All right, everybody. So we are going to start talking here about sort of section one. So what's going on in my life musically? So first of all, we don't have a huge change from last week. The focus of music this week has been The Sound of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel. So last week, I kind of introduced my students in grades one, two, and three to the first uh, paragraph, the first stanza of that song. We talked a little bit about the concept of dreams and how the song is kind of about somebody who's trying to remember a dream they have forgotten. Um, and then this week, I kind of went in depth with all the kids and we got to the end of the song. So we pushed through the words and we pushed through the meaning and got to the end of the song. And, uh, in that lesson, something jaw dropping happened, something amazing happened. And I'm so excited to talk about it. Um, I've been telling everyone I can see about it. It was like just the most exciting thing I've had as a music teacher in a long time. So we get right to the end of the song. And for those people that don't know the song, um, the last little chunk of words say, um, the sign said, the words of the prophets are written on the subway walls and tenement halls and whispered in the sounds of silence. And so we finished singing the whole song and the kids are doing real well with singing it. They like the song. They're doing really good. And they're getting their kind of like whisper quiet voices on when they sing to give it that sort of darkness and nighttime effect. It's a really good, good um, version of the song they're doing. But, um, what I really love about it is I got to the end and I was with this class of grade twos. Uh, they're a great group of kids. They're really, um, smiley. They love to sing. They're really good sort of musicians at listening and, and repeating, and they can do things with their voice, like get louder or quieter or, or change their vocals. They're, they're a really good group that way. And I got to the end and I said, okay, everybody. So we've talked about this idea of dreams. We've talked about this particularly kind of weird person dream that, that, um, goes through in that, when the, when the narrator tells the story of the sound of silence. And I said, I'm going to ask you an unfair question. And the kids kind of looked at me and I said, this is a question 
I, I wouldn't normally ask anybody but a grade 11 or 12 student. I'm like, but I'm going to ask you because I'm curious as a kid what your answer would be. So I said, it's kind of a long question. I prefaced it and I said, I want you to take a second and just imagine that everything in this story, everything in the sound of silence is, is true. Everything that it's telling you is, is right and true. So I said, in the last part of the story, the, the singer says, the most important reading you will ever do or the most important writing that you will ever read is the graffiti that's spray painted on the side of subways and subway trains and like old dirty buildings and things like that. So why is that important? If, if we can, if we believe that, that this is correct, what can you possibly learn from, and I used air quotes, I said, the garbage writing that's on the side of subways and on the side of like we live, we don't have a subway in my city, but we have, um, uh, trains. So I said like the trains that go by the train tracks, they have all the graffiti on them. What can we possibly learn from that or from, and I, I talked about tenement halls and I talked about government housing because my kids know a lot about that because we have some government housing in the area. And I've said, you know, what about sort of this, the spray paint on the side of walls of, of the little, you know, townhouses and things like that. And I got some really normal grade two answers. So I got, you know, things like, well, you shouldn't spray paint because you'll go to jail, which, you know, true enough, just not an answer to my question. And I got things like, well, sometimes that, that paint is really pretty. And I'm like, you're right. Sometimes graffiti is really, really beautiful. And those were kind of the answers I wanted, um, or not wanted, expected kind of the answers I expected from a grade two would have been those kind of things. And then this little student in the back, pretty quiet kid, put their hand up and, um, they just had this look on their face and I could tell if you, if you've ever taught a group of kids before, you know, there was a look on this kid's face that you could just tell they'd really been thinking about the answer. They didn't throw their hand up. Like in the first two seconds, you can tell they actually sat and thought about the answer. They formulated some kind of answer in their head. They put their hand up and they were like, I, I, I think I have an answer. And so I, I called on the student and I said, okay, what do, what do you want to say? And the student you could just tell by the way they held their hands and the way they held their, their body that they'd really thought about this and they were going to try to pitch a whole idea to me. And I wish I had recorded it so I could actually play it back. But essentially what the child said, and I, 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 this is not a word of a lie. I just can't remember word for word. They said, when you live in a big city, most of the people who live there they don't really get to say anything about themselves. So they write stuff on walls. And if you live in a city and if you really want to know the other people that live with you, you should read the walls because that's where they write their stories down. And I sat there open mouthed, totally agape. A whole group of kids had to actually stop me and go like, are, are, are you okay, sir? And I just sat there mouth open. I can't believe a seven-year-old came out with that idea. Now I have a seven-year-old. She would not have come out with that idea. And I, I finally kind of regained my composure. And I, I said, that, that's an amazing thing to say. It reminded me of, uh, if anyone's ever seen the movie Old School, um, there's a scene in it where they're in a debate. And uh, Will Ferrell's character says this big giant rant. 
And then um, uh, the person he's debating against goes, I, I have, I have no response that, that that was perfect. And that's exactly what I felt. I was like, I, I don't know what else to say to this. This kid just nailed it. This seven-year-old said, I think the point of this song is if you really want to be in touch with the, the community and the people around you, you have to read their stories because they're not always told. Uh, they didn't say it in that sentence, but that's what they, that's what they were getting at. And it was just amazing. And I, I was unfortunately out of time. I had like 30 seconds left with the class before they had to go. And I just so desperately wanted to talk more about it. So very quickly, I was able to say something like, if you read a newspaper or if you listen to the radio or if you watch the news on TV, I said, you're right. Most of the people that tell you that news, it's not like your neighbor down the street telling you what's important to them. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a company news is news is people who tell you what they feel you need to know. So I said, you're right. If you really want to be in touch with the people and know what's going on, you have to hear their stories. And I was just so energized yesterday. I was so excited when I got this answer. I, I haven't been that excited in my classroom in a long time for what, for what a kid said. And I'll tell you what I did with it. I did two things. First of all, I reshaped this lesson for every other class. So I'll talk about that in a minute. But the second thing I did, and this is perhaps kind of mean, is when I saw my grade eights later that day, they were coming into my music class and I sat them down and went through sort of the, you know, the class, like beginning of class information, did my attendance, stuff like that. And then I told them, I said, okay, I have a, I have a little exercise to put you guys through. And I said, I'm really sorry. This isn't very musical, but I just, I really want to get your opinion on something. And I said, you're going to have to take off your, you know, music hats for a minute and put on your, your English hats or your language hats. Cause I want to talk about something you would normally talk about in a language class. And they were kind of, you know, like, all right, sure, whatever. So I very briefly went over the concept of the story and I very briefly went over the last paragraph and I said, okay, I said, I'm going to ask you a question and I want you to come up with whatever answer you, you can talk to a friend. I don't care. Just take like 10 seconds and give me, give me the best grade eight answer you can give me. And so I said exactly what I told the kids. I want you to imagine that this is, you know, exactly real and true. And I said, if the most important writing in our world is the stuff, the graffiti that's on subway walls and tenement halls, why is that important? And they kind of looked at me and and they, then they, I was like, that's it. That's the question. Why is that possibly important? And they asked a couple of clarifying questions like, you know, what's a tenement hall and, you know, what, uh, like, you know, am I allowed to look at, you know, like billboards, people, you know, stapled to the wall? I'm like, no, no, this is like the graffiti, the tagging, that kind of stuff. And I got nothing even close to what that grade two said. And so after, after a few answers, I, I told them the grade two story. And first of all, one of the kids put their hand up and they were like, are you telling us that to make us feel stupid and bad about ourselves? I'm like, no, not at all. I said, I just, I'm really curious because I, you know, grade two language, they certainly don't cover symbolism and things like that. But I'm like, in grade eight, you guys do. I know your English teacher, you've talked about these kind of things. So I'm just wondering if this type of analysis is normal for you. And, and you were able to kind of dig through stuff. And I said, I know I gave you, you know, the lesson in 10 seconds instead of an hour, but I was just curious to see what you came up with. And I just, I told the grade eights too. I said like, I, I am just amazed. I'm completely flabbergasted that this seven-year-old came out with this really astute observation on society and on humanity. And it just, it was really, really touching the way this kid said it. 
And the grade eights kind of, you know, laughed and shrugged it off and we moved on to our class. But I just was curious to see how a grade eight class would handle the same question. All right. So how I've, how I've shaped my classes because of it, it's not, not, not a huge, you know, monstrous paradigm shift or anything, but what I did that was different is first of all, when I talk about this last paragraph, I've used that student's answer as an example. So I've talked about the idea that not everybody in a society's voice gets heard. And so this is a way that people make their voices heard. Um, but then I kind of go a little bit step beyond and I said, you know, the thing that is amazing is I, you know, I take a kid, say, say I take, you know, like Maggie Simpson and I say, um, all right, like, so whatever's important to Maggie at school, I'm not going to hear that on the news in the morning. When I roll over at 6 a.m. and the news lady comes on, she is not going to tell me the latest, you know, escapades of the schoolyard. She is not going to tell me the things that my students find supremely important to their daily life, things that they're so interested in at school because the news doesn't feel that the world cares about that. But I know that my students care very deeply about those things. So I said, you know what I do as a teacher in this school? I said, when I walk down the hallways, because I have that sort of pleasure and privilege of having a different class every, every 40 minutes. So I said, I get to walk down the halls every day when I pick kids up or when I take them back to class. And I said, I walk by bulletin board after bulletin board after bulletin board of the students in my school's writing the students in my school's artwork, the students in my school's thinking. And I said, and every now and again, I get to walk past their hopes, their dreams, their stories, and their ideas. And I said, the things that are really, really important to my students that I would never hear on, on a news channel, I, I get to walk down the hallways and actually see what it is you're putting up there. I said, if I walk into, you know, the, the, the schoolyard during recess, or I wander into parts of the building, I get to hear the conversations kids are having with their friends and see kind of what, what's important to them. And, uh, in my, in my classroom, I have for years, um, if a student ever hands me a piece of artwork or a doodle they've done or, or something, they're like, here, I'd like you to have this. And it's usually, you know, like a little, a little piece of art or something. Uh, I have a little student gallery on my wall of just stuff kids give me. And it goes up on my wall. It stays there till the end of the year. And then every September I start a new one. And, um, and I said, like, I have my own little, little gallery here of stuff students have given me. And I said, they wouldn't have given me that if they didn't, if they didn't make it. So I said, they, they thought enough to create this and they thought enough to put it down on a piece of paper. So I'm not going to say thank you and throw it out. I'm going to put it up somewhere because yes, this is a gift for me, but this is also a student, a child in our building expressing something they're feeling at a particular time or something that they want to show or something that they like or something that, that, that excites them. And I said, I get to kind of see their stories and display it for people around the building. And that's what this song reminds me of, is it reminds me that it's really important to listen to other people's tales and other people's stories. Um, I think I'm going to use more of this, this term when I talk about um, Aboriginal storytelling and Aboriginal communities and things like that. I'll talk about how important other people's stories are in telling 
the story of a whole community. But anyway, um, that's my, that's my, my part one, my, you know, my 32nd part one has now been 15 minutes of me talking about this sort of amazing experience I had this week with a, a little seven-year-old student who came out with just a really amazing observation on humanity. And it's just given me this sort of new lease on life. Uh, I'm really, really excited to do more, um, music and to just talk more about other people's stories in our community and in our world. I think my kids are really going to understand what it means to, uh, to, to now that I've linked it back to them to see sort of what stories are important to other people. All right. On to part two. All right. So on to part two, um, technology that I used this week to help me deliver my classes and to kind of help this message get out. So, um, if you remember back from last week, I was talking about going forward in the future. And I said, what I'm going to do with my kids this week is get them to somehow start writing down a story that we could, we could eventually turn into song lyrics. So I knew I had to get something out of them that was going to be story like, um, I had wished that I could be here to listen to some music before we did the activity. But since I wasn't here, I didn't want to risk it and have them talk to or haven't talked to a supply teacher about the music that I wanted them to hear. So I'll save that for next week. But um, technology that I use. So this is a bit of a cheater this session because um, nothing here is new to me. This is all stuff I, I kind of do every week, but I haven't talked a lot about it yet. So here's what I used this week to pull my lessons off. I used Google Docs. I used Google Forms. And I used an add-on for Google Forms called Google Form Publisher. Um, and if you haven't used Google Form Publisher before, maybe you've used Autocrat or maybe you've used Docapender or one of those uh, add-ons. Um, they work similar to Google Form Publisher. I'm really partial to Google Form Publisher. I'm kind of an ambassador for it. Um, not that I'm particularly against anything else. I was a huge Autocrat ambassador for a long time. I've never used Docapender, but I know lots of people use it and love it. Um, but um, Form Publisher is just kind of my app of choice for, for this thing. So here's how it works. So first of all, if you have a computer in front of you, you can go to gav session, G-A-V-S-E-S-S-I-O-N.com slash session two, S-E-S-S-I-O-N, and then the number two. So that's gavsession.com slash session two. And it's going to take you to the training module that I have for using Google Form Publisher. So essentially, here is what you do. You open a Google Doc and you're going to create a template or template, depending on which way you say it. I got a funny story about that that I'll tell maybe later or maybe another episode. But anyway, you open up a Google Doc, you're going to create a template or a template and you figure out um, like what your students are going to be doing that day. So for me, basically, it's kind of like creating a worksheet. You like as if, you know, back in the good old days when you used to, you know, photocopy worksheets and hand them to kids, you kind of create a worksheet. So you create a piece of paper that has like five or six questions on it and it's got like some blanks or blank lines underneath them. Then you go to a Google form, you open up Google forms, create a new form. And for every question on your worksheet, you create a question on Google forms. So for example, um, the first question on my worksheet is usually what is your name? And it's, you know, it says name and a colon and then a, a line under it. 
And then for Google Forms, the first question I would have there is I would say, what is your name? Uh, if my next question is, you know, tell me your favorite story, then the first, the second question of Google Forms says, tell me your favorite story. So I use the questions from the template as the questions in the Google Form. And so you, you know, my page today had four questions on it or five questions. So I had five questions in my Google Form, nice and quick. Then you go to the Google Forms, you click on, there's an add-ons feature and it says go search for an add-on and you search for Form Publisher, which is free by the way. Um, and I found Google Form Publisher and I installed it and there it is. And it shows up on your Google Form as like a little puzzle piece in the top corner. And if you click on the puzzle piece, your add-ons drop down and you find Google Form Publisher. So here's how it works. I'm not going to talk you through the whole thing because that's what my session will talk you through. But basically it says, do you have a template you've already created? So I go, yes. And I go and choose the template I just created, you know, 20 minutes ago. And then it says, I'm going to take the answers from question one, two, three, four, and five, and I'm going to dump them into the spaces on your template where question one, two, three, four, and five have their answer slots. And then it says, once I've done that, what do you want me to do with it? And I can choose to save it in a Google Drive folder as a Google Doc. I can choose to save it as a PDF. I can choose to save it as a shared file and I can tell it exactly who to share it with. So I can share it with like myself, the principal, the parents, the classroom teacher, whoever. Um, I can share it with the student or the whole class. I can do all kinds of stuff with it. Uh, and then the last thing kind of says, um, after I've created the file, what, it, what else do you want me to do? And so you can actually have an auto send email that will auto send whatever person filled out the form. So for example, if, you know, if Bart Simpson fills out the form, they don't even have to put their name or their email address, but because, um, the, the computer knows who it is that signed into Google forms, it will automatically email whoever sent the form and include an attachment of the file they created. So I can, and I can, it'll, it'll create the email for you. So I can write an email that says like, way to go. You have completed this work. Here is a copy of the work you sent me and I can send it to them in PDF format or Google doc format. So I can either send it editable or uneditable. So they have it. Um, and that's kind of what I used today. So I had the students fill out a Google form that I put on Google classroom and then from that Google form, it generated these uh, kind of worksheet things that are all in a Google Doc that I am going to share with um, their homeroom classroom teacher, their language teacher, because they're doing a unit in class on story writing. And they're going to use some of these story writers, story creators that I did today. And they're going to use them in their class as well as in mine. And then I can share it with the students or like today I was doing some checking and I had to share some of those with some students' parents. So literally it's like a right click and share and they have a copy of their child's work. So that's what I used today. So again, if you're looking to learn how to use Google form publisher, I use it more often than anything for creating, uh, like certificates, you know, uh, uh award certificates for kids. Um, and so that's kind of what I talk about in my session. So again, that's gavinzo.com slash S-E-S-S-I-O-N-2. That's gavinzo.com slash session two if you want to check out uh, how to use Google Form Publisher. It's a, it's a workshop called Automatic Documents, Certificates, and Lesson Plans. Oh my. Uh, anyway, I've done that one several times across Ontario. It's always um, seems to be met well with people. So please check it out. It's a really, really cool program. 
uh, and uh, you can do some really cool stuff with it. All right, we're going to go on to session or section three and talk about what happened today in my classes in my absence. And if you're still with me after you know 20 minutes I've been talking, stay with me because I actually have some cool news about what happened today. I'm really super jazzed about it. All right, so as I said earlier, this was kind of beyond my control, but I couldn't be here again today because I had to take my kids to a doctor. So I thought long and hard. I started working on this on Sunday night, and I said, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to get the students to create some story starters, something that we can use going forward that they can eventually turn into song lyrics. So I set up uh, a quick little Google Drive thing for them. And I, I I gave them at like two full video explanations of how to do this. And I walked them through it like in painstaking detail. But I said, um, here is what I want you to do. So they went to Google Drive and they clicked on this, uh, uh, this Google Form link. And there was a series of questions. So the first question is like, you know, type your name. So they did that. So then I, I asked them this. I'm going to read it to you because I you might need to hear it. So I said, Make yourself do something you'd like to do that isn't true. And then in brackets, I say like, you want to get into a fight or you want to win an award or you want to be on television or you want to be a parent someday, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Question two, name one other person, a family member, a friend, an imaginary person, a famous person who is involved in your story somehow. Question number three, Put some sort of obstacle, a real or imaginary obstacle, in between you and the ultimate goal that you want to get to. Question number four, how do you overcome that obstacle? And again, in brackets, I say, is it your own will? Is it some kind of fight? Was there like a death that led you to it? Is there some sort of lie or a skill? Was it just dumb luck or some kind of chance? Was it a game? So what do you get to, to get there? What, what, what do you use to overcome this obstacle to get to the end? And then the last thing I wrote, the last question says, give me one word to describe the emotion that you feel at the end of this story. And I told the kids to fill that out and they filled it out. And I talked earlier in section two, it now populates like a worksheet I can read pretty easily. And I've got these short little story starters. And I knew I was going to get, you know, one and two word answers in the questions, but that's fine. It just gave me something to go on. So I'm looking at Mrs. Krabappel's class right now. I don't have my attendance in front of me because we're not a school that does attendance in every single period. So I don't know who all was here, but I have 20 story starters in front of me. 20. I don't think I've ever given this class a piece of work and got 20 things back the same day. I'm really excited that they got it. And just before I did the podcast, I started reading them and almost every one of them is a really, really interesting story starter that I am so desperate to get more out of these kids. Uh, I'm going to read you one. So one of my students says, what do you want to do? I would like to be an LGBTQ representative. And they said, what kind of obstacle is in your way? Homophobic people. And then how do you overcome the obstacle? And the thing was, I will never overcome this obstacle, but I will try. 
And then the last question, how does your, how do you, how does the character feel at the end of the story? The answer was pride was the emotion they felt. I started to cry when I read this. This is a kid who in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 words. Cause the whole, the whole answer they gave me is only 14 words. I am so moved to hear more of this story. I am ready to like jump out of my skin and hear more. This is, I'm so excited by some of this. And, um, I, I got some really, really cool stuff out of this. And I'm, I'm just so excited. Um, I got some really typical stuff as well. I got someone who said, you know, make yourself do something you'll never be able to do. And this one kid wrote, I got to go see WWE WrestleMania. And I was like, that's, that's amazing. Like that's, that's just some wish they have. I'd love to do this. It's kind of like being in front of a group of kids and being part of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, but just not having the money to give them their wish. It's like, put yourself in some imaginary situation you're excited about, and they do. Um, and most of them are that kind of thing. Most of them are, are, this is something I've always wanted to do that I might never get a chance to. I got a whole group of girls that wrote something about traveling the world. Um, I did get one that was really angry, and it was like something I would never be able to do, but I would really love to do, is to go and you know, get into a physical fight with this person and win. And I was like, okay, like that's, that, that's a dream. Like, sure. I'm not, I'm not criticizing the dream at all, but it's like that, that's, that's, I, I, I know people that have that wish. I just wish I could, I could not be me for one minute and lash out and get angry and do the stuff I never do. So I was like, that's, that's a fine sort of situation to be in that you will never actually be in. And for a lot of people writing about those situations, is very therapeutic because you kind of talk yourself through it without actually doing it. But anyway, I am just so excited about what I got from Krabappel's class. And I, I reached out to their teacher today and I said like, look at all of these fantastic story starters. Like I am so super pumped about this. I can't wait to do more next week. And, um, and I've had two students so far in this class whose parents I had to contact today and just say like, here's the work we did today. Can you, can you maybe help them bump it up a little more? Um, one of the students did like two of the five questions and then just stopped. So I said, can you help them finish the rest of it? And then the other student, uh, this has happened before. Um, this was Martin. So Martin kind of wrote, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this for every answer. So I sent that to Martin's mom to be like, Hey Martin, uh, you know, Maybe you can have a look. Hey, Mrs. Prince, have a look at this and see if you can figure out what Martin is doing. Uh, obviously, if you haven't figured out yet, I don't use real names on this podcast. Martin Prince is a character from The Simpsons. But um, but I showed this to uh, to a couple kids' parents, and I'm just so excited for what we're going to get to do next week. I can't wait. Um, and then I'll tell you, I haven't had a chance yet to read all of it. But before I sat down for this podcast, I looked really quickly at Ms. Hoover's class. And again, I, I quickly looked at it. 25, 25 kids in one period were able to give me something really exciting that I can talk about, that I can write about, that I can do something with, that I can, I can help them build uh, a story out of. I am so pumped about this. Um, and I, I'm going to read another one. Now, this is a student from Miss Hoover's class. This student is, I don't really know what this student is like with their friends, but with me, they're very, very quiet and shy. 
I'm not sure this student speaks more than two or three words to me in the course of a week. And their story is one that I talked about earlier. Their story is um, they would just love to get into a fight and then put some kind of obstacle around you. Their obstacle is absolutely everyone around me. I don't really know what that means, but that's what they said. Everyone around me is an obstacle. And then how do you overcome this obstacle? It says, I actually tell people how I legit feel and I make them actually listen. So this is a kid who is writing. They are screaming out to me that, or, you know, I'm assuming they're being honest. They're writing out that they feel like they're never listened to by, by adults, by teachers, by peers. And they're, and this is, this is a child who's saying, I just want someone to actually listen to how I feel. And no one is doing that. And I, maybe I'm reading into this, but because the student in my mind is kind of quiet and shy and introverted, they, they just don't have it in them to tell people exactly what they're feeling. And that's what they would love nothing more is to tell people how they're feeling. And then at the end, when it says, describe the emotion you feel at the end of this, the person wrote, I feel perfectly fine. And I don't know if that means that they don't always feel perfectly fine, but I, I'm just so, I'm so excited to hear more about this. And I can't wait uh, to go back to this class tomorrow. I'm going to see them uh, on my break, on my prep. I'm going to go in. I'm going to praise them for the work they did. And I'm going to tell them just how excited I am to hear some of these stories. Uh, and I really, really hope that when we start looking at paragraph writing and start looking at um, turning these things into poetry and into stanzas that I'm going to get some work out of them. So that was my part three. That's what we did this week in my absence. And I just... I just can't wait for next week to see what uh, what I'm going to get in terms of writing. I'm so excited that they're ready to write and create. And I just, I really hope this goes somewhere awesome because I really, really, really want it to. All right. So we are now well over 30 minutes. We're almost pushing 40. So I am going to say good night for this week. This is uh, Wednesday, the 16th of January, 2019. And of course, as of last week, I am talking about today. I'm officially caught up. So I'm not, I'm not ahead of myself. I'm talking exactly what happened. This is why I've gone on for 40 minutes because I'm so pumped about the day I had. So uh, check out session four, what's coming up in the future of this podcast. And I will talk to everybody next week. See you later. All right. So looking ahead into next week, I'm actually cheating a little bit because I've already got this totally planned out in my head. So today the students wrote story starters just with those kind of four little questions. And I've got, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe 10 words out of each question per kid. So I've got, you know, it's usually less, usually one or two. So the idea, what I want next week is I want them to actually write a summary paragraph. So as if the story already exists and as if, um, they've got everything else finished. I want them to take a paragraph and write it like a summary. So here is what happens in this story. And I'm going to ask the students to kind of take those few words and turn them into a paragraph. Um, and the paragraph I told the kids shouldn't have any, um, it shouldn't have any dialogue in it or very little. It, it really doesn't need any character development. It's just kind of a synopsis of, of what's going to happen in their story. And then my plan uh, going forward is to take those paragraphs and then start working with the students on poetry and lyric writing. And I'm really hoping <clears throat> that I'm going to be able to um, talk to them a bit about um, 
you know, breaking a story down into its important parts. I'll maybe say, you know, let's start with a four, um, four stanza poem. And then we'll even talk about choruses and what the important part is, what the message is. I want to see if I can break this down into, into poetry, into stanzas and choruses. And I'll maybe even give them some hip hop lyrics to look at. Cause that's kind of the way they're leaning is hip hop and see if I can say, look, here's a piece of hip hop. Let's look at the, the stanzas, the poetry itself, the story. And then here is the chorus and you know, the important message. We'll try to swing that into them about how to write something. This could be a long process, but I want to get them started on, on creating something that looks like poetry. And I'm also really, really excited because of what I got today. I got something really interesting out of a few of these kits, some really, really interesting pieces. I'm really looking forward to giving it to them uh, to see what we can do with it. And again, if the kids want to break into groups and say, you know, I don't want to work on my story. Let's get three people together to work on this person's story. That's fine too. But I just, I, they've got something they've created now and they've got these creative juices flowing. And, uh, and we can go from there. And if a kid comes in next week and goes, yeah, I, d- I did the work last week, but I, I don't want to write this story, but I- I'd rather write this story, then great. But at least they're thinking about something and we're going to try to find a way to write it. And then we'll talk after that about putting it to music and creating something that works. But right now, I'm just really, really excited that I've got some story starters. And I'm really, really hoping that uh, between myself and the students, homeroom teachers and English teachers, we can actually build up uh, some stories that we're going to be able to turn into something that's performable. I'm, I'm so excited for this. Um, today was definitely uh, a win. It was a home run swing and I got something, something small, but it's something that I think is small, but so powerful and so juicy. And I'm really, really looking forward uh, to doing something. So here's hope and I'll let you guys know what happens next week. And I told my family and my wife that basically barring the world falling down, I was going to be here next week for these kids. I've missed them two weeks in a row and I can't let that happen. So uh, keep singing everybody. Keep on thinking about stories and we're going to talk more next week with these kids about how to turn their own stories into poetry and music that we can use see you later thanks for stopping by hey everybody thanks for checking out this week's gav session if you liked what you heard be sure to check out all of my podcasts available from the anchor app or from anchor fm anybody can make a podcast in just a few minutes from anchor fm If you like what you heard today, please check out the rest of my online personality. You can message me on Twitter at GavSession or check me out at GavSession.com or YouTube.com slash GavSession. Thanks for stopping by.